Welcome to Just Do It HQ, a podcast from Uninterrupted celebrating the 30-year anniversary of those three words. In this podcast, we're talking to athletes, some in their prime and others prime to make it big. We'll hear how they reach the top of their game, why they spend their summers in LA, how they train both mentally and physically, and what makes them more than an athlete. I'm your host, Denise Jones, here at Just Do It HQ in Los Angeles. Growing up in LA, I ran all the time. Not just while playing basketball and soccer, but I mean all the time. I ran to everything in school, to class, to the gym, to theater club. I just wanted to see how fast I could get everywhere. Nowadays, I still run a lot. It's the most fundamental kind of movement, of exercise. For me, it's the easiest way to feel like a kid again. Today, we're gonna talk to some people who run for a living, football players. Our first guest is known for catching touchdowns, for his outsized personality, and for one of the best nicknames in all of sports, Gronk. A five-time Pro Bowler, Gronk already has a pair of Super Bowl rings and he's one of the most talented downfield threats in the NFL. Gronk was fresh off a workout and full of energy, and he ran a slant right into our studio here at Just Do It HQ. The first thing you do in the morning, you gotta wake up, do that workout. I didn't do it this morning because I knew it was coming in later tonight, and I was just sitting there all day like, I can't wait to work out, because then I could be crazy again. Speaking of crazy, I asked Gronk what his craziest dream was as a kid, and his answer was surprising. It didn't have much at all to do with football. Uh, the craziest dream, I mean, it was just to be the best player that could be at every single sport at that moment, whatever sport I was playing. And uh, I just love playing all the sports. I played four sports throughout, like, all the way through high school and uh, up to high school. So just my dream was just to make it big. It was the craziest dream, just to make it big. I was never sure what sport I wanted to play, what sport I wanted to go into until I got to college. But I just always wanted to make it big. Now, when you said you said four sports and you really didn't know which one was going to pick up, was there one that you had in mind that you had the most fun doing as a kid? I mean, as a kid, you got to go with uh, Little League Baseball. I mean, you can't beat that. You're 12 years old, 11 years old, 10 years old, right through that age. You're still in the Little League Diamonds. I mean, you see it on, on TV every year during the end of the summer with the Little League World Series. How awesome is that baseball? Everyone tunes so in awesome. that. So awesome. The 210, uh, 210 feet center these little kids going deep with the little barrel bats. I mean, that was the funnest time of playing base. I would say like any sport as a kid was definitely that baseball. Fans of the New England Patriots are happy that Gronk eventually chose football. But when he was growing up, he cheered for a different team. I grew up in Buffalo, New York. So obviously, you know, I watched the Bills growing up and uh, had a couple legendary players that I always loved watching. And uh, Eric Moulds and my favorite player. Actually, I loved his name, loved his play. It was Tequila Spikes. And then what's cool is that I played for some when I got in the NFL. I mean, that dude played like 20 years. Making the league and playing against one of your heroes must have been a trip for Gronk. But as he got closer and closer to making his NFL career a reality, a confident Gronk didn't always share his plans with others. I mean, I always kind of kept that to myself because, I mean, you're at such a young age. And, I mean, I've had times in my life even early where you just blurt it out like oh I'm gonna be this next year I'm gonna do that and then it doesn't happen and that's when you learn from your mistakes and I, I felt like I learned from that early on in my life when I was in like middle school or high school I remember a couple times doing it trying to like predict the future what I'm gonna do and then boom an obstacle comes up and you, 
you don't get it at that time. So it's kind of just like to keep it to myself and work on my own goals, personal goals, and just keep them to yourself. Still, while keeping his goals quiet, Gronk figured out in high school that he could be special, and his confidence in his own ability to play in the league extended into college. Gronk declared for the NFL draft after just two years at Arizona. He told us about his decision and his advice to talented college athletes today. I mean, I didn't feel like totally ready, but I felt like, you know, I've uh, played with many NFL players now going through high uh, I mean, seeing a couple NFL players now in high school, playing with some at college, I'm going on to the next level, the older guys when I was younger, just seeing them do it. Uh, my brothers, they were older. My one brother played in the NFL for a year while I was still in college. So, I mean, at that moment, I just felt like it was right. I just felt like it was the move, and I felt like I could. I could just keep working myself up no matter where I was. I just felt like I had the will, the power to do it. I mean, I knew I was really far behind, but I knew that if I just kept to it, I could keep – and kept putting the work in I could keep up and, and get to where I wanted to be so if you're just feeling it I would say I would say go with it but if you're debating on what you should do if your mindset you're not sure if you're not sure you're not ready then I would say another year you know it's good advice when the person giving it doesn't just tell everyone to do what they did that said Gronk was clearly ready to make the big leap to the pros and these days Gronk is one of the most unstoppable downfield threats in the NFL a big reason for that is his speed for a guy his size, Gronk can run. I asked him the first question I always ask fast athletes. What's your 40? My 40? I haven't ran a 40 since my my pro day at Arizona about eight years ago. I'm going into year nine, so eight years ago. Yeah. Uh, and I ran a, like a 4.68 to a 4.72. I was clocked around. That's But I would fast. say I'm a little bit faster than that now. If you give yourself a, a time, what would it be? I no, I mean, I don't. see, that's something that I don't want, you know, like I just said, I learned from blurting things out young, when I was young. So I'll keep that one in my head and we Good. just got to do it. And then when we run out, like, see, I right there. That was my time I had in my head right there. That was it. <laughs> Five Pro Bowls and two Super Bowls later, Gronk has better numbers to flaunt than his 40 time. But even for a player as accomplished as him, Gronk still feels the need for speed. There's another gear in football. Uh for sure, when you see the ball in the air, I mean, your brain can just trigger, hit those hit those muscles that you never hit before and just stride it right out and go, go get that ball of speed that you never hit before that you're like, wow, that was impressive. And that's what you're always trying to do. You're always trying to train at that level, though. And, I mean, I'm feeling like a whole – I'm feeling a lot different. As a tight end, Gronk's game doesn't require speed as much as other positions on a football field. But that's not stopping him from trying to catch up to those wide receivers. I'm not a guy known for speed like that. I mean, I would say like bigger, uh, more ground football, pounding, catch the ball, run up the field. I mean, I see the wide receivers that are fast. They just get open. They just run away, and it's impressive. So that, that inspired me. So I'm understanding how the body works. I'm understanding where you get the speed from, not just, you know, not just having it or pushing your way through, just be, being smart about how you're training and how your form is and all that to use your body to the maximum capacity so you can get the most speed that you can get. A faster Gronk is a scary thought for NFL defensive players, especially because he's got a pretty obvious advantage. My size is bigger than most of the guys that are covering me, if not all of them. And so I got to figure out how to use my body, a way that I can jump out of my route, get around the guy, use my body, use my hips to get open. Because if a guy's faster than me, quicker, more agile, he can just be right up on me and swap that ball away. So I got to learn how to use my body, use my height, and take advantage of that. Gronk is really big. He's six foot six and 270 pounds. Even then, he's strong for his size, like freak of nature strong. But Gronk knows that natural ability alone doesn't mean anything if you don't nurture it. 
I mean, all my four brothers, they got height, they got speed, they got, they're athletes. My dad was an athlete. My mom was an athlete in high school. And I, I would say I was born with it for sure. But I can tell you this right now, if you don't put in that nurture, I'm, I'm telling you, whatever you're born with, you can't use. Whatever you have, whatever you, whatever skill set you have, if you don't put in that work, if you don't do things right, if you don't treat it right, if you don't treat your body right, I'm telling you that that natural ability that you were born with isn't even going to shine. You're not even going to see it. Gronk is all work and all play. We talked about how his training affects something that matters to him, a part of football that's not exactly relevant to getting yards. Like I said, those fast twitch muscles, if you can get those going, I feel like my dance moves have been a little bit better too lately. <laughs> I'm not lying. Like Then you see those receivers, they're all fast, they're all quick as heck. They all can dance. Every time I see him dance, I'm like, Antonio Brown wouldn't dance with the stars. Odell in the end zone dances his face off. And they all got those fast twitch muscles. They can move fast. So I'm thinking I'm 6'6", 270. I work out too. I work. I want to I know what's going on. Why, why are they that agile and, and I can't be? As Gronk works to improve his speed and agility, he also makes time to enjoy his life. But some people don't appreciate his commitment to balance. I mean, you just got to keep doing you. You just got to keep working hard. Uh, if you got daughters out there, you can just use it as motivation too, especially if someone's right there. If you run into someone in your workout, wherever you are, and they're just doubting you, just use that as motivation. Just keep on going, keep on grinding, and just show them in the long term. No matter what level you're at, if you're in high school, college, or the professionals, you're going to have haters around you. You're going to have cheer squad around you. And you just want to be able to balance it and figure out a way that helps you the best to handle it to get you to have the most potential that you have to use that. And handle it, he has. Eight years into his career, Gronk has been through it all. Success, injuries, surgeries, and comebacks. He told us how he gets his mind ready each season and each play, too. I'm telling you this. If your body's feeling good, your mind's feeling good. If your mind's feeling good, your body's feeling good. If you're taking care of your body and taking care of your mind, that's what's going to keep you going and sustain your performance every single time you step out on the field. It'll just keep you healthy long-term if you take care of your mind and body. There's times when I haven't, and then boom, I feel like I'm three weeks behind. I got to re-catch up. I got to put in extra work. So if you're just always taking care of your mind, always taking care of your body, you'll get back what you put in. Gronk has put in a lot of work, and as a result, he's in the middle of a Hall of Fame career. He's the epitome of just do it, and he credits a lot of people with helping him get here. I have to ask, what does just do it mean to you? Uh, just do it. I mean, I just had that little talk with the kids out there, the high school kids, but just do it means getting it done no matter what it takes, what obstacle is in the way, just doing it. Uh, no, no excuses, no going around it, just going right through it and just doing it. As a league veteran, passing on that inspiration is important to Gronk. You know, first couple years in the league, you're just trying to have fun. You just really don't look at that stuff. You really don't look at yourself as a role model. You're like, oh, I just made it. You're looking at the older guys as the role model. The guys that, you know, that all the kids are looking up to that you think. But, I mean, it's just empowering at any level for any athlete that's at, in college or just made it to the pros or in my shoes now, have multiple years in the, in the NFL, whatever level it is, whatever league it is. It's just awesome to just show these kids it, you just don't make it because you make it, that you got to put the work in, that you got to uh, sacrifice yourself. You got to sacrifice a part of your life if not majority of it, to make it to the next levels. And you got to put that work in and you got to be smart about it. And Gronk is putting in that work on his fitness and in the community here at Just Do It HQ. That was our conversation with Rob Gronkowski, tight end for the New England Patriots, but so much more. One more time in his words. 
I'm Rob Gronkowski, football player on the field, but number one dancer off the field. (laughs) Next, we had a visit from one of the people who helped bring football back to the Southland, LA Rams running back Todd Gurley, the NFL's reigning offensive player of the year. And we got to talk to him. Todd joined us after working out with some youngsters here at Just Do It HQ. Oh, it was pretty cool. Obviously, um, one of the, the quarterbacks, he's committed to South Carolina, and my running back coach that was at Georgia with me at the time, he's recruiting him um, at South Carolina. So, yeah. I'm, you know, we kind of got that relationship already. So it was pretty cool just to be able to go out there. Um, I was in those guys' position, you know, six years ago. Right. And, you know, to be able to be out there, just work out with those guys, try to keep up with them. Um, <laughs> but it, it was cool. It was just, It was just good just to – you know, it just remind me of, like, my young self when I was just, you know, working out and, you know, just not really seeing the bigger picture, but, you know, just, just living life and having fun. In high school, you didn't really got too many worries. While his high school football years were pretty low pressure, Todd thinks he had it easier than recruits today. I was just, you know, playing football, just, you know, that was just the thing to do. You know, you didn't want to be at home while all your friends were at football practice, so um, we really just did it for the fun and the love of the game and, then, you know, the offers started coming. I'm pretty sure these these guys, they're in California. You know, I went to a, a little small school in North Carolina. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of these guys have been recruited since ninth, 10th grade. So, right. they're already, you know, ahead of where I was in high school. So They're a hot commodity. Um, it, they really are. Todd has loved football since an early age. I was like five. But I used to always play with my older brother. So, um, okay. you know, my older brother. My oldest brother is seven, year old, seven years older than me. And my other one is like four so I used to You're always just yes I'm the, I'm the youngest so I used to always you know just play with those guys um just always wanted to be you know with the, with the big kids when did you realize that this is something that you're really good at by six by six <laughs> <laughs> by six was it speed was it I don't no idea you I have, have no, no idea, idea. you no. just remember at six yeah. that was when you realized you were that good or well, I, I, had, I had a chance to play with, with the big guys, with, with, the, with the older group. When Todd was in college at the University of Georgia, it dawned on him that he might be able to play in the NFL. You know, my freshman year, we went to the SC Championship and we lost to Alabama to play in the National Championship and had a pretty good game against them. And I'm, you know, just reminiscing on the season like, hey, man, you know, maybe this is like you know, a possibility. You see the draft, the NFL draft, and you see guys that you grew up um, watching, and, you know, you start thinking that, you know, this might could be, you know, a real possibility to try to make something out of it. But after realizing how good he was and how good he could be, Todd made some changes to take better care of himself and his career. It all started with fried food. Kind of just started in college just by, um, I mean, it's hard when you got the meal plan and you can just go to the dining hall whenever you want. But, um, yeah, you just kind of just start seeing those little things when you're eating, you know, um, fried foods and then the next day you have practice. You know, you kind of feel a little sluggish or not up to par. So um, you start taking notes of those kind of early in, in college. And his healthy habits paid off. Todd joined the NFL three seasons ago as the 10th pick for the St. Louis Rams. To go first round uh, means a lot because, I mean, obviously, especially as a running back, you know, not too many of us have been able to accomplish that over the last, you know, you know, five, six years. And just to be able to play on Sundays, is, that's the ultimate goal. And it's a good feeling for sure. Todd had a great rookie campaign. Coming off an injury, he won Offensive Rookie of the Year. From the sound of it, though, 
What Todd remembers most about the award is his acceptance speech. It was like my first major speech, too, ever. Let me tell you how the speeches go. So you go, you go into the room for the NFL honors, and you don't know if you're going to win an award. You're just in there for an hour just sitting down. You're already nervous, you know. It, it was definitely, it, it went all right, though. One of the main reasons that Todd won that award may sound obvious for a running back, but he's really fast. Todd was a world-class sprinter and hurdler in high school and competed for Team USA in the 2011 World Youth Championships. He was a star basketball player too. But football was always his first love and he focused on it. Today, he's one of the best football players in the world. Before Todd left the studio, I asked him if he had any advice for the kids out there who want to be like him someday. Just always surround yourself with great people, you know, never put yourself in a situation where someone else can control you or, you know, your chances um, when you're on the field. Just work hard. Just yeah. work hard. Um, you know, a lot of, hear a lot of excuses just like, uh, coaches is this or that. You know, a lot of people right. like to blame coaches. You know, obviously coaches do a, do a lot of things, but you just got to control what you can control. Um, you know, just try to stay positive. You know, whether if it's, you know, you might not be happy, but just try to be happy the four or five hours you're on the field or, you know, at the facility and just, you know, try to be a, a good teammate and, you know, don't be a cancer to the team. Just try to be, just be positive a little bit. Todd's hard work and good attitude have sure paid off. He's continued to play well and to win awards. After last season, just his third in the league, Todd was named Offensive Player of the Year. At this rate, he's going to have to get really used to making acceptance speeches. Next, we talk to Nike master trainer Brian Nunez. Brian works with Nike athletes like LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Chloe Kim. I think everybody has a superpower. I think everybody has something, a light with inside them that they can really share. And uh, I think mine is a connector. That's who I am. Brian is a self-described connector. You can tell right when you meet him. He's friendly, smiles often. It's clear why he works so well with so many athletes. But Brian wasn't always this outgoing. I was very disconnected as a child. Um, parents got divorced. It really took a toll on me emotionally. I created this alter ego for myself. And sports was my outlet. It was my outlet to like take this emotions inside me and aggressively take it out on people. I've always been very hyperactive. You know, I've been labeled a lot of things, ADHD, you know, you're hyperactive. Even at a young age, I would just be doing like sprints, like at 10 years old, 12 years old. I just... I feel the best when I'm moving. You know, motion creates emotion. Movement became my outlet to not internalize it too much or to take it out in a negative way on other people. And this outlet, sports, helped Brian find his passion, fitness. The fitness aspect for me was actually what I loved most about sports. I loved the training. I loved, uh, I loved that, that physical demand. And so this, to be honest with you, my entire life, it's as an athlete, Training was always my most, the most favorite thing for me. Uh, sport was actually second. Right. Oh, wow. And I think the only way I was able to progress in my career is because I was so invested in training that it allowed, it allowed me to excel, obviously, uh, as an athlete, because I wasn't, a, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't the best even skilled wise. It just, right. I became, I was obsessed with being the hardest worker. Like, I loved that aspect. That, that became almost like my sport within the sport. Like, can I outwork everybody? Yeah. I'm not going to jump any, everybody. I'm not going to you know, right. lift anybody. So um, that became the good competitive push for me that, that really became kind of my thing within sports. Fitness went from being Brian's passion to his career. 
He shared with us what fitness means to him today. At a very simple level, the way I look at, at, at fitness, at being fit, very simple is, is being able to being able to control my results. And I think fitness is something that, you know, the name of my, the name of my company, our training center, FNS Training Center, it stands for Fitness Never Sleeps. And uh, that is all about a lifestyle. It has nothing to do with just the physical aspect. How fit am I in my relationships? How fit am I uh, in my community impact? How fit am I um, with my health? How fit am I connecting to myself? So, you know, fitness for me is, 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 is am I able to control the results that I'm going after? If I am, like, then I'm fit. Brian's a Nike master trainer. He works with Nike's elite and helps them stay at the top of their game. When did you decide to become a Nike master trainer or how did that come about? Uh, I get that question more than anything. Um, the short answer is I have no idea. And it's like uh, people listening are like, oh, what's the nugget? And I just did, a, I, I actually just did a YouTube video on this because I've been getting so many messages like, how do I become a Nike master trainer? You know, what do I do? And, you know, for the longest time, I just, I'm like, I don't know. Nobody likes to hear that answer, right? They ask for advice. Like, you're like, I don't know. It's like, my goal was actually never to become a Nike master trainer. Um, now that doesn't mean that I'm not grateful to be one, but that was never my, I set out, this was not my goal. My goal right, is to help 10 million people live a more fit, focused, and free life. So every day I wake up with the purpose that I got to go help a lot of people. I got to go help connect people to their passion, purpose, and potential. And so, um, so when I focus on serving people and I just focus aggressively on serving people and supporting people every single day, people see that and you don't know when they see it, but my intention isn't to be seen. My intention isn't, um, isn't to, it's for a cause. It's not for an applause. And that's really what it was for me. It was a combination of meeting a lot of people. It was a combination of me being in the right place at the right time. But at the root of all those things, it was um, a cause of me being so focused on a mission to serve and help others. And I think that that's where any relationships like this, you know, with Nike or any other brands that I've ever worked with, it's a win-win. You know, it's like, let's work together. Like, we like what you're about. We like what you're doing. Um, and that's where it becomes, you know, a very synergistic, powerful relationship is what I'm excited to have. And obviously with one of the greatest companies in the entire world. Brian is a reluctant star in the training universe, but a star nonetheless. I asked him about the athletes we talked to today, about Rob Gronkowski and Todd Gurley. Brian told us what athletes like Gronk and Gurley need to move towards their goals. And to my surprise, his answer had nothing to do with drills or fancy resistance bands. Number one, clarity. It's most important. If you're not clear on what you want, you're living in a fog every day. And that fog can get, it's easy to get distracted. It pulls you outside your lane. Uh, in order to have clarity, you have to understand who you are, what's most important to you. And for anybody, and for anybody who's at an elite level in any in anything, the one common trait that you're going to find with them is is they have clarity. They understand what they want. They understand why they want it. Is this is the gasoline to that fire? And then they are very consistent on taking the strategic action plan to pursue that every single day. But if you're not clear, you're going to get distracted. And that's one thing that I focus on on coaching people up all the time on is focus. You know, focus is the root of being fit. Time is not our greatest asset. Attention is our greatest asset. The person who can control attention the longest will win in anything. Clarity, consistency, and attention. The three secrets to reaching your goals. But of course, Brian's work isn't all mental. I got him to talk shop with us. As a football player who's working on speed, what's something that they have to keep in mind? 
Yeah, so there's a lot of different stuff, right? Um, there's a lot of technique work. There's a lot of, um, you know, mobility, strength, power, things that complement it as well from their strength training program to working their power outputs to working technique. You know, speed is definitely, um, you're born with some of it, but it's a lot of skill too. Mm-hmm. So angles and vectors and and with every aspect of your body, you know, things working synergistically that are from your arms to your legs. And so it's like anything else, like increasing that speed. That's why I see a lot of these guys, these combine guys. I mean, they are like, they're worth, think of the people that they work with. They're like surgeons. Clean this up one degree here, change this up, do this here. But when you're playing in an elite level, there's a difference between a 4-4-9-40 and a 4-4-1-40. Right. Hundreds, you know, you know, eight hundredths of a second or a 4-4-6 and a 4-4-2. I mean, it's, it could be the difference of millions of dollars. For some people. Sometimes Brian works with people who are trying to shave off hundredths of a second, but he also trains runners who aren't laser focused on their fast twitch muscles. Yeah, there is a massive difference in training where, you know, it's, it's completely different energy systems from the fast short bursts, uh, muscle fibers where they just, they got to get after it. They got to be quick to your marathon runner to your triathletes. So my whole life I played football. It was fast twitch, quick, 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 you know, speed, agility, quickness. Um, And then when I became a a trainer, my clients were into like marathons. I work with, I work with a lot of general population athletes, everyday athletes. So they were doing all these marathons and, and mud runs and triathlons. And, and so um, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to, I'll, I'll do one of these with you guys. Like, how hard can it be? Like, you just run. Like, right foot, left foot, it can't be that bad, right? <laughs> and so um, so I did a couple. I'm like, okay, you know, the, the 10K wasn't so bad. The half marathon wasn't so bad. And then I, uh, I was working with one of my uh, clients who was like, she was the biggest uh, loser finalist. And I'm like, yeah, we'll do, the, we'll do the Boston Marathon. I was like, fantastic, I'll do the marathon. Same thing, how hard can it be? And of all the things that I've done in my entire life, that was the most humbling experience in my entire life. I remember being 20 miles in, and it felt like someone was took a sniper to me from like a mountain, like just legs, earlobes were cramping. Wow. I was just like, little old ladies were running past me saying, you're doing so good, honey. Like it was the first time in my life I didn't, I didn't think I was gonna finish something physically. And, and when you're surrounded by people, like if I was surrounded by Gronk or guys like that, I'm like, um, I can, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. When a sweet little seven-year-old lady is patting you on the back saying, honey, you're doing a good job, it's like, it's a little humbling. And so the training to that point that I'm making is that it exposed a massive weakness of mine. Um, I'm not playing sports anymore. I don't need to do the sprints. And so I needed to really change in my training. And so I, I did another marathon uh, one week later. It's a Boston, the Big Sur challenge. And then it became this like challenge, like, let me, tr- let me challenge. My sport is now training. My sport is now adapting. And um, a year after that, I did an Ironman, which is something I never thought I would do. Um, Congrats on that. Thank you. Thank That's you, amazing. Thank you. For me, it was saying, can I get outside my box? Can I, can I, again, how fit am I to really change my process to finish something like that? And so there are two different worlds. Yeah. You see the long-term, you know, long-distance runners and the sprinters. They're different worlds. They look different. Their bodies are different. But, um, you know, playing in both those spaces, it's so much, there's a lot, it's a lot of respect for what both those do. Brian evolved his training and his body with the times. For him, it was about learning to run long-distance races and do triathlons. But every athlete deals with something similar, even if they don't change their sport. Everybody gets older. Before I was even a teenager, I ran a 5-4 40-yard dash. Mm-hmm. Today, because I ran it before, I'm thinking, oh, okay, I can 
40 yard, you want me to run a 40 yard dash right now? I'll do it. Yeah. Like it's no big deal. Five, four, I'll do, I'll run it in that time. But then you get hit with this reality that that's not the case. <laughs> yeah. You grow up, yeah. you a get, little a little, get a little tighter. Yeah. And so what can our listeners do to improve not only their speed, but also get out of their head when it comes to, you're not in that, in that element that you once used to be. For sure. First thing is create a new scoreboard. So before anything else, create a new scoreboard for yourself. See what happens is you, so let me take you for example, sure, sure. right? So what happens is that it doesn't, like this is a great example of every, so many situations that I see and coach people on is that their scoreboard is what it was five years ago, eight years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. So you're like, I ran a 5.440, right? And you're like, well, let me do that again. Now, sometimes that may be inspiring to be like, can I get back there again? I know right. it's possible. But what, why it's important is that your life, your body, your priorities, your nutrition, you as an individual is not even close to who that person was and what was around during that time. And um, so if you want to make a goal, let's set a goal. Let's just not do it because I did it right here. Let's understand why. That's why it's so important is that we, we set a goal. What's the result we're trying to accomplish? Why is that important for you? What's the best way for someone to, to create a plan? Is it to, to start off and going on this? If an example, let's continue using me as an example. Yeah. Not that I'm using myself to get these free training crypt no, <laughs> uh, tips here. But so 40 yard dash, right? Obviously I'm not gonna I'm not even expecting to do a five four. But what's how can I set a realistic goal? How can how can I I can't just think of a goal. I'm not gonna undersell myself, but I also don't want to oversell myself. Yeah. How can I set a goal that makes sense? How can a listener set a goal that makes sense? So you talking about run, wanting to run a five four forty? First question I ask myself is where am I? You right. know, like, like I want to get there, um, but I need to know where I'm at. So once you know where you're at, now it allows us to put a plan in place. It's not that simple because it's relative for each person. Like people need to train consistently. They need to, you know, the fastest way that people can get faster is lose body fat, clean up your nutrition. Like if I were to give somebody the general person, if you would say. Brian, I need one tip to help somebody faster, lose fat. You lose fat, that's excess weight, then now you'll just naturally move faster. Because for each person, it's so different, it's so relative. Now that's a universal thing that I'd give to people. All this talk about setting a plan makes me wanna get outside, run a 40, and start training. I just got free advice from a Nike master trainer, someone who trains elite Nike athletes, people who put just do it into practice every day. Brian and I ended our conversation by talking about what just do it means to him. It's about being unapologetic for who you are, what you want, how you want to live your life and attacking that with the most relentless pursuit of energy and passion within your soul and every fiber in your body. You can actually really just do it. And it's so important is because you don't think it like you don't, you don't, it doesn't say just contemplate it, like just, you know, figure it out along the way. When you own all those things about you, when you, when you're so dialed in at a deeper level, um, you embrace it, you share it, uh, you embody it. And that to me is what just do it is all about. Brian Nunez, thank you so much for joining us. You're amazing. Thank you so much. We heard from three people today who know a lot about speed. New England Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski, LA Rams running back Todd Gurley, and Nike master trainer Brian Nunez. And something they all said about speed, about staying fit, 
a lot of it is mental, whether that means ignoring the haters, eating less fried food, or setting your intention before chasing your goals. Gronk, Todd, and Brian are just three of the Nike elite who are motivating youth, motivating teammates, and motivating themselves to be their best, fastest self. I'm ready to get out there and do what it takes to get faster. So it's time to wrap things up because I gotta run a few 40s here at Just Do It HQ. Until next week, I'm Denise Jones. How will you chase your crazy dreams?